what should what should what should we call this episode um you're listening to episode 13 first of all <laughs> so that's important and not really not remotely important you're listening to another episode of the creative herd what's this episode called uh free work sucks but doesn't bone you're listening to free work sucks but it doesn't and we're gonna tell you why later in the episode nolan begley is sitting in on yet another episode and we have a beautiful back a landscape of toronto uh, i do like your place though man it's like thank you it's it's homey yeah it, that's the whole thing it's i've never i've lived in four apartments in three and a half years of living in toronto it's, it's very frustrating moving that frequently but uh i don't know i kind of like moving yeah me too so, so <laughs> i like unpacking things but it's hard to find a place that is home it's not just like definitely it's not. just not like an apartment no not and this is the first time where every time i walk in here i feel like it's mm. the closest thing i can get to a home right now yeah. which is nice yeah. it's super nice i'm very stoked to to back to back up on that because right now me and Turner, like it's just not it's just it's more of just like a place that's not a home and mm. i'm very stoked to move back so yeah let's just get into it though I sometimes wish that I had some sorts of order in my life because right now I'm just like I drive from gig to gig. I drive from meeting to meeting. I take phone calls anytime. I take emails at any time. Even though I try and stop it at a certain time of my day, I can't. I like kind of always have to be yeah. on. And you know, like you just started doing the nine to five. Yeah. So you know exactly yeah. what that feels like. Dude, I like even now it's pushed me even further and I'm realizing those boundaries like on um, I think it was last week. I was trying to hit a deadline and I sent an email at 10:30 and they got back to me. On a 10:30, I know it's not like very surprising but it was just like why did I send it because at this point now I'm keeping the ball rolling. Now it's 10:30 on a Friday night and now I'm continuing working because someone has enabled me to do so, but I actually was the person who enabled that. So I think mm-hmm. it only goes as far as your own boundaries and like what you actually are willing to set and that's really hard and it'll never get easy if you're working for yourself yeah yeah definitely and it's what i've learned is too is that like there are bad distractions which is how we usually see as distractions and then there's good distractions Mm -hmm. um as in like bad distractions immediately you think of like it is tainting your productivity such as facebook like that type of not even just that it's like uh it doesn't have to be like a social network i'm even just like going out for a drink just trying to take time Uh, away uh, or like going for a walk or something like that or or like yeah sure like getting stuck in the youtube loophole like everyone does (laughs) right but deadly yeah it's it happens but the good thing about distractions though is that it like kind of takes a chunk away from the stressor of having to work and that's what kind of what makes things a little bit more tolerable and mm-hmm. a little easier to approach. And it's hard to really look at it that way. But this is something that I'm really trying to practice now that like not scolding myself and living through grief by distracting myself sometimes. Because it is. It's not. It's actually essential. It really is. Oh, yeah. Dude, me and Taryn uh, often argue about this. Um, and it's become a lot more common just because I've started working nine to five is like... Um, I have trouble doing nothing. And she's like, just 
like just chill it's after five just watch netflix but i'm like i i don't want i don't want to because i feel guilty because i'm just wasting my time scrolling instagram but like in scenarios you have to let yourself be like dude just chill out just make sure your brain is getting like a good rest Mm -hmm. like you're saying like it's you do not need to feel guilty for doing that shit i can't believe we haven't talked about this because this has been something i've been struggling with for months now to the point where it's literally driven me to lie in bed and just be completely bedridden by this grief like it really overcomes my entire self my mental process how i can process my day-to-day because i'm just stuck in this sense of like i'm not doing anything i should be doing something or is it like i'm not doing enough enough exactly it always feels like i'm never doing enough there's like something i could be doing in in terms of work in terms of work just bettering myself bettering my career somehow and so when i'm not doing those things it's like it kicks me in the ass but now i've also learned about myself is that i'm actually not the kind of person that wants to do nothing as a form of rest Mm-hmm. I don't like nothing. Yeah, I think we share that. Yeah, nothing nothing to me is fuck, it's nothing. It's boring. <laughs> like it, honestly, I have to do something. Like so like I got to go for a walk, I got to go play the guitar, I got to do something mm-hmm. that doesn't necessarily need to stimulate me, but it allows me just to that is my form of relaxation and that's fine with me. Mm-hmm. But like I was at the same time somehow giving myself a hard time for not being able to do nothing, you know? I think it's it's that balance of like you have to figure out what actually recharges you and in my case and maybe in yours like sitting down and watching TV which some people that often work 9 to 5 that is their recharge and for my girlfriend turned it that is her re- recharge but for me I can't it feels like I'm like wasting time and like my mind can't rest because it's watching but like if I go out and walk the dog or do something like that like go skateboarding like it could be mentioned to be nothing but it's like i'm my brain is recharging and like i feel good yeah like, man. doing wasting not like quote unquote wasting my time doing those like mundane things yeah i'm exactly in the same boat as you exact same and i see Teresa do it too she loves just netflixing and just lying in bed and like that's her thing and like it honest like to be very uh, honest about it it actually was frustrating me or else to the point where i was like why are you doing nothing why are you just like dude that's so <laughs> fucked me and taryn have literally gotten into arguments over this exact thing yeah and it's hard not to because we're just completely like we just mentioned we process downtime yeah. differently yeah but now i'm starting to understand it that i'm like oh you you need this like everybody's different yeah yeah everyone is different like you need different things that are going to recharge you and if, mm-hmm. if that's what it is and man. like yeah by judging me judging you is now yeah like opening her up to be like why like why are you judging me i'm i'm recharging myself for the next day and i'm like no no, no you're wasting time you could be doing so many other things I think people I think there actually needs to be more conversation around what we're talking about because I feel like this is something that's a lot more common that it's not being spoken about like just like recharging is a it's subjective like Mm. do you have to have your own kind of way to do that and yeah not feel guilty about it I think there is also something to be said working in the creative field because you really have to like look internally and i'm struggling with that being nine to five and being in a like being meshed into a creative role editing videos i can't just come in at nine 
and work till five editing and be on that entire time and be creative and making creative decisions that entire time you are so wrong because sometimes i won't start my day till the afternoon Mm -hmm. and being a freelancer or being a creative no matter what like uh genre or flavor of uh shit you're doing you like structure your day like okay i'm gonna emails because i don't feel creative Mm -hmm. i'm gonna like just switch my day around having that pressure of like only starting at nine because sometimes i would start earlier than nine and later mm-hmm. than nine i don't know just it's just it's kind of fucking with me to be like pressured to be like always on i bet yeah it's, it's weird yeah i couldn't i don't know if I, I i articulated that properly but no i understand that like i i think about working for an agency full-time all the time i always consider it but like if i had my own agency if we had our own agency i would not be doing that and that's the thing that's what's next we're gonna get an agency going we're doing (laughs) it it's gonna happen but yeah it's like i don't i follow the same trap too like there's times where like i wake up at like 6 a.m and 9 a.m rolls around i'm like oh i should probably start working then i'm like no i don't Mm -hmm. i can't force myself into this work like when i'm editing photos like I can only do it in 45 minute spans and mm-hmm. then I got to walk away. I literally have to get up from my computer and take a walk and re- refresh my eyes, give myself a new perspective because it's frustrating, man. Trying to be uh, looking at the most tedious details yeah. know, at all times. It just, it fucking wears at your brain and your just mental capacity and it's exhausting and mm-hmm. people don't realize that about the creative work. It's not, yeah, sure. It's fun. But this is just the way we were wired. We were wired to like for the desire to create. And that's how we wanted our lives to be in our professional world. But it doesn't mean it doesn't have its own hardships, man. It's fun. Yeah. But it's it's tough. Most times it's fun. Most times it's fun. But there's a lot of times where it sucks. It sucks. Being creative is hard. It is hard. Yeah. It's like it's like when you're like you can freestyle as as a rapper and they're like, yo, yo, like like freestyle. And you're like, I can't just, I mean, okay. Yeah. But like, it might not be that good because like, you're not really feeling it ju- yeah. at that moment when they ask you. So that's like, that's kind of what I'm trying to to say is like, and it's not like deadlines are new to me. I've been mm-hmm. dealing, like we've been dealing with them for so long. It's just like the structure of like letting somebody else define your day is something that's weird to me. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. It's just something I'll get used to, for sure. You know what is sucks as well about being a creative is, but extremely important for to be creative is free work, fucking doing the well, free. Well, yeah, it's like necessary, but it's also like it doesn't suck because like that's how we started, mm-hmm. and like that's I love to do free work for sure because usually what free work is associated with is passion projects and like you can never do fucking enough passion projects no you can't i can't even remember the last time i was like really like this is my passion project now because yeah i couldn't tell you the last one that i did like i said it sucks free work because like so objectively working for free sucks (laughs) it's not it's well yeah that part that part sucks no brainer it's important though because you get to exercise your skill set that you are growing, that you are creating. And as a creative, if you feel like you've stopped learning and you don't need to exercise your tools, mm-hmm. you're in the wrong field. You need to always be learning and keep up with not even just trends, but 
checking in with yourself and your own creativity. And if you feel like you flatlined, you probably aren't a creative. You probably don't have what it's in you to try and excel True. and move forward in you. It's a difference between like, if someone's like, hmm, I don't know how to do this. I'm just not going to do anything versus a person that says, I don't know how to do this. I'm going to Google it. I'm going to go figure out how to do that thing. That's how I f differentiate like creatives and people who are just used to being straight out of a textbook. Mm -hmm. For me, it's like you need to be able to troubleshoot not just objective problems, but stuff that's like internal as well, too. You need to be able to address the things that are, why am I not feeling creative? Yeah, like how do I fix what, like what other things can do? I definitely, we definitely experienced that. Mm -hmm. um, together and separately because I've definitely had that talk with you and you've definitely had that talk with me and simultaneously sometimes when it's like, yo, do you just want to like go shoot something because like I'm feeling really down, been feeling really down over the past few months and like I just can't, struggling to get inspired mm -hmm. and it's really helpful to um, one, be able to troubleshoot those on your own but even more so is to have someone to bounce that shit off of. Mm -hmm. I feel a big tip if we could tell anyone is like uh, something that we did. It was very short lived, unfortunately, but uh, we used to do video diaries, not vlogs, but we would like create or we would choose a topic or like a word phrase and we would create other videos or write something within that theme. Mm -hmm. And I think we only pumped out a total of like five to six videos. I don't know. I feel like I still like whenever I make videos, I still kind of think about that because like it was very constraint based is what mm -hmm. we were trying to get at. And like sometimes if you're feeling not so creative, I think constraints are really, really awesome. And I think that is exactly why mm -hmm. we did that. For sure. It's a good exercise. It's a really good exercise for you to kind of shift your paradigm a little bit creatively and uh, do new approach to things. Mm -hmm. I wish I... I wish I did that to myself more. I wish I checked in a little bit more and gave me gave myself these boundaries. But uh, you know, as a late, sometimes like when you get stuck with a bunch of commission work, you can't do those things for yourself, man. You like you don't have the time. Like it's a bad, it's a good problem to have to mm -hmm. have a bunch of work right now. It's yeah, a good problem. Oh, hundred percent. I think it's really interesting when you get all this work. You're like, oh my god, I'm like being paid to take photographs of like this is actually what i like doing mm -hmm. right but like now you have no time to do and take photographs is like what you want to take and like it's this weird shift of like okay now is this worse than like <laughs> not getting paid like what is what's the right answer yeah so for example like i i do a lot of social work for like restaurants and cafes and i probably on all of my hard drives have over five thousand photos of beer just beer <laughs> just like a beer in a, in a pint glass with a nice frothy head with some food and some hands touching the food and beer oh you gotta get the hands gotta get the hands that's what they want everyone wants interactions and it's gone to the point now where like when i shoot it it's like a formula now I just know what's going to work. Mm -hmm. I know my style. I know what people are interacting with on the social feeds. And yes, to answer, like, yes, it's a bit numbing for sure, mm -hmm. creatively, because I'm not... Because you're like, oh, okay, I basically have edited this photo 4,000 times. Exactly, <laughs> man. Like, I, 
I, I don't even bother. It's to the point now where I don't even bother using presets on Lightroom now because I need at least some sort of like creative choice or decision on each photo. Like I could literally just copy and paste a preset on all the photos I do for mm-hmm. when it comes to beer and food. Yeah. But I need to at least do some sort of change to the photos manually so it feels like I get the <laughs> slightest ounce of fulfillment. But at the same time, though, this realm of work that I've dived into has enabled me to invest in new gear. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. allowed me to live in a new apartment. Uh, I got to have a, a car now, which like having a car in the city is huge. Mm-hmm. As you now know, now that you have, you're a car owner in the city, it's um, people think it's a big waste, which it is for some people. But for people mm-hmm. like us, where we are looking for any yeah. given moment to get out of the city, it's huge. It's and a, just like hauling gear, man, like <sighs> it's so gnarly. Yeah, you were carried a full fucking lighting set for an interview on the TTC sucks sucks ass it's the worst you feel you're that guy I'm taking up three seats I'm in the handicap zone too where mm. I'm just like well I can't do I can't anything do anything else. I'm so sorry but that's it but but yeah like it's yes that kind of work may be dull at times and like you have to stick it out but it's you can't forget that where you came from so you grinded so much to get to that point for Mm -hmm. it to enable something else and yes something else will pop up like now i shoot with these uh this these women called uh, the beer sisters Mm -hmm. and they're these beer cicerones and somalias that do a lot of workshops across canada uh, and they're huge in the craft beer world and they have been like a continuous reoccurring client with me because i have now somehow mixed my love for shooting portraits with lifestyle now with like the beer and the food and now that's all they want to hire for me for is for these lifestyle shots them holding beer them talking to each other all of these like portraits like even if they're not as moody as i would like them to be in like my day-to-day style yeah but it's more injected your style exactly i'm getting hired for my style now mm-hmm. which is something that like it took years and years to do that i didn't even know if it was going to get to that point yeah. that's like super discouraging because you do spend the first i would say while at least while you're building your portfolio and stuff um and your first paid gigs and stuff and me is exactly the same you're building and taking photos of shit that are other people's ideas Mm -hmm. because well they're paying you what was your first paid gig that you can remember wow um like specifically for video editing sure not even video editing just like you shot a video or you took photos and you got paid for it didn't dude i'm pretty sure we did music videos we started doing them for free like so long because we were like i think it'd be cool to do music videos and then we were like 300 bucks after we did one 300 bucks are you kidding me (laughs) dude the first music video we ever did our budget was 200 dollars, and we looked at each other and we said confidently yeah we can make that work 200 bucks all right true that's what? probably the first gig then like what what were we th- oh man and i think that's important though it is it is it's huge and looking back the video is actually pretty good for you know just being two guys <laughs> that are just some dslrs just a couple of dslrs hey man i still shoot a couple of things with dslrs and people are like oh that looks really good and i'm like i won't tell you what i shot it on i won't tell you that my camera's from 2013 <laughs> It matters more of how you use the tools. I honestly saw a video the other day shot on um, a 70D or something, but the lighting, it was the lighting. Mm-hmm. I was I couldn't tell. They, when they told me, I was like, no way. 
It's insane. I'm shit. That's like the the commercials, like the Apple commercials when they're showing the iPhone. I'm like, was it really showing the phone? Because if it yeah, was, that was fantastic. But I don't think that. It's a lighting. Yeah. Well, they probably rig it out, man. For sure. They got some moment lenses on there and yeah, shit. Yeah, I would love to see like a full setup rig, but the iPhone being the camera. That would probably make some pretty good. Oh, somebody's done it on YouTube. Just Probably, eh? I'm just not on YouTube enough. I don't know. I can't see. But yeah, I remember the the first like actual gig where like it was a number, like the money that we were getting for where I was kind of taken back. I was like, oh. Like that's real money. I was like, you want to, you want to, you want to pay me that much money? It always feels weird. But that specifically, you're robbing people. Specifically, that's why I think it's important to do so much free work at the beginning, because then, once you start to break into the threshold of getting paid like actual money, Mm -hmm. you have to make sure that you feel worthy, and you have to make sure you're delivering that quality. You know what I mean? Definitely. And if you're not doing free work prior to how can you expect yourself to just give amazing products without the practice of doing it? Mm-hmm. Like there's a difference between doing passion projects for yourself and then being involved in someone's passion project. Cause now you're being held a little bit more accountable for someone else's visions and you don't want to let someone down. So you really yeah. are exercising, you're flexing your skills. So this like combined effort and this vision comes to fruition, you know, you need that. Do you remember what that project was that you like got, you were like, oh shit, I'm being paid. I'm getting paid. <laughs> like, it's not just like a hundred bucks. Yeah. Because we did a lot of music videos, I think. I think it was fun for us at mm-hmm. some point to just do music videos. But when we moved in together, we were paying rent doing music videos. Yeah, I know. That was wild. And it was like, also very weird. We yeah. moved into a, a basement apartment mm-hmm. um, at the top of Ossington. Yeah, and shittiest lighting, super dark, but we made it as cozy as possible because we knew that like this was the only place A we could afford and B like this was our new home and all we had was fucking each other cuz it was a brand new city. We had yeah. nothing to do. Fresh like fresh move to tr- Toronto, but it was kind of cool cuz it was like the intro to, to being a freelancer. I don't mm-hmm. think either of us knew what like that was an option at that time but we were literally freelancing in the basement making music videos and just like yeah hanging out every day yeah <laughs> just like we weren't making a lot of money <laughs> we like there were some times where we were like Ooh. we were scratching by we were like yeah months uh, rent's coming up okay all right gotta transfer our savings in the checkings and then like, <laughs> uh, gotta wait the hour okay it's going through okay cool yeah that was always a big fear but yeah we Made it. And actually, I think the first one we did actually that, again, it wasn't a lot of money, but I remember it was, we had finally peaked that, that thousand dollar mark on a budget Mm -hmm. and it was a music video again. Um, and the music video actually ended up doing very well. Like it's, uh, we can actually say it, it was Miles Marcus's crazy. Uh, so Miles Marcus is a pop artist from New Jersey and he had, this is actually a good segue he had found us through the free work we were doing. We had done a bunch of passion projects, free music videos, oh. and he had worked with the same producer with the guy that produced the music of the last music video we shot. And he said, you know, like that's how they found us through the work and he wanted to hire us through. Dang, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's, that's how. Cool. Yeah, so that's how it kind of... We got... Uh, oh, this is Toronto for you. I live in right on the... Bathurst. Street, Bathurst okay (laughs) but yeah that was um and now like it's 
the video hit like it's looking back at it it's a very simplistic video and it we could definitely do something that's even bigger and better now but like that video is mm -hmm. like it's hit th hundreds of thousands of views and it just actually debuted in China because Miles messaged me not too long ago. Yeah, it, it debuted in Asia and it's getting received very well. And we shot that music video in 2000 and, oh my God, 14, like five years ago, True. you know? And the fact that it's still Weird. doing well and it's going out there, it, it's crazy. You, you like what I did there? That's weird. It's crazy. But, oh, <laughs> oh man. That sucked. Yeah, it kind of goes to show, I guess, that, uh, I don't know, it's just, this is a conversation that I've been having sporadically of, like, how much should I charge to do this? And, like, um, you have to have a portfolio, and you have to be able to to, sh to do exactly that, like, show I can do this. When I, I, I knew I could cut a talking head video. Anybody can cut a talking head video. Mm -hmm. It's just letting that first person or doing it for free because somebody has to trust you. So nobody's gonna hire us for a music video unless you've already done a music video and you'd be like, hey, this is what it could probably look like mm -hmm. if I do it for you. And that's what people wanna see. It's just so like point A to point B, you, there's zero trust unless they like see a product. Yeah, I've had people in my life that, um, not in my life, just people have surrendered with me that um, they don't have a portfolio and they deem themselves as a creative. Um, but they were getting, they would get upset at people at like potential clients for asking for their past work because they felt that they had, they were, their, their work was valued mm -hmm. and that they could just like, you know, like my work's on Instagram. Why can't you check out my Instagram instead? Um, but the truth is, is that shit doesn't fly. It really doesn't fly. You need a collective mm -hmm. place to show everything that you've done uh and that's mm -hmm. that really quantifies your wealth it really does by like putting everything you've done in one platform really goes to show like oh shit he's done a bunch of things that means he's um you know like he's actually very well experienced in this field and like, we want to hire him on and i've had to like sell the shit out of myself to get gigs before too oh yeah and like it's because like for me personally, like I always try to make it to, cause you can, you can get the ball rolling to a certain point until I'm like, Oh, it's going well. It's going well. Oh shit. They're asking for like, yeah. Can I see, um, something similar that we're looking for that you've done before? And I'm like, Oh fuck. <laughs> like, <laughs> I shot with an agency a couple months ago. Uh, I won't say who they are because it wasn't the greatest experience, but when during, when they're interviewing me, they mm -hmm. initially actually wanted to hire me to be their head content creator of the agency, which I already thought was kind of strange for, I didn't know anyone from the team yet. They were going forth already with like preparing me to be the head haunch of this. They said it was a small, it was a boutique style agency. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Boutique means four people and four people who actually don't know what they're doing. Not, you know, but they had trusted me with it. And they, every time they actually were asking me questions about how I create things and they were pulling up videos of example stuff that I wanted to do or that they wanted to do. Oh, okay. Yeah, and so yeah. then I would show my videos to them to say that like, yes, I can do it. And I got myself to the point where like I sold them to the point where they offer me a huge contract. I turned it down because I'm too busy. I was too busy at the time mm -hmm. with current work, but I agreed to do a shoot with them. 
And when I got to the shoot with them, unfortunately, they didn't explain the shoot to me uh, with full details. And more or less, I got set up to be almost like a chump like for this set music. Set up to fail, essentially. I did, yeah. I, I didn't have the right gear for it. I didn't have, I do have the skill set for what they wanted to shoot, but when their circumstances and the environment isn't helping you in that scenario, there was, there was nothing that I could do rather than just, I tried, I really tried my best and I haven't gotten a call back from them since because I actually know what I shot the day was pretty garbage. Mm -hmm. It was, um, it's pretty discouraging looking back at the stuff that I shot for them. But why I'm saying that is that like I had everything to prove myself moving forward. I had I gotten myself to that point. I sold myself super mm -hmm. hard to get all the way there to only it to retrospectively hit me back and end up me failing in this scenario. But at the same time, like going forward, I bet regardless because i do the same thing on whenever i'm going to shoot it's just like okay do i need one camera or two cameras do i need audio gear or do i not need like i'm at the point now where i don't trust anybody because mm -hmm. I, I just i know there's going to be a moment where it's just like oh hey can we do this and then i'm like no because you didn't tell me that we were going to do that and that's definitely happened to me before where i'm just like we sorry we can't because i don't have that gear mm -hmm. but i can guarantee you now that you're probably not going to let that happen to you no again. of course not it was a big wake-up call it was a huge wake-up call and it's yeah it was a massive learning moment for me that mm -hmm. like i won't put it as crude as saying don't trust anyone but it, <laughs> it's just communication man like yeah communication is somehow falls flat in the professional world at times and like unfortunately that actually needs to be anticipated mm -hmm. and i didn't know that i did not know you need to be anticipate that kind of things I'm very grateful that for that moment, though, because I was very low on myself the day after the shoot. Mm -hmm. And then I had to chase a check from them. You know, I know they didn't want to pay me for it because like it sucked. Like it wasn't the best I've done, mm -hmm. but it didn't discourage me to stop creating. If anything, it just like it actually was a moment for me to take a break and be like, all right, I need to reevaluate what I want to do and, mm -hmm. you know, meddle with the people that I need to be to excel myself. And that just wasn't that wasn't the gig. Even though I thought that was going to be my foot in the door to this new world of agency work. Yeah. That was not it. I definitely can relate to that. There's every so often, yeah, you think you're... It always seems like it's the, the ones that go sour. You're like, man, this looks like a really good opportunity. I'm going to go through with it. And then somewhere it falls flat. And like 17 revisions later, you're like, I'm never doing work for this client again. Mm -hmm. Like, It's always like... The simple ones you know what i mean definitely and then somebody gets upset at you because oh man yeah i'm i'm dealing with that right now with a wedding you know wedding photography is a different be and video work we have a very mm -hmm. close friend blake who does video works and he swears to not do them anymore because of you know there's the clientele sometimes is tough it's really tough to deal with people you know it's obviously a big mm -hmm. trust factor you're giving someone to capture a once in a once in a lifetime yeah. moment that i a hundred percent i can say you need to do weddings for free before you do weddings mm -hmm. it's very very hard and it doesn't look like from the outside looking in you're like oh okay can't be that hard it's hard and then you go through the day and if you've never done it a wedding day before as um 
photographer or videographer, man, that shit will just beat it out of you. Oh, yeah, it breaks you. I My first wedding I ever did was paid, and it went too well. It went so well to the <laughs> point that, like, you know, I... The day was smooth. I barely was stressed out. The photos came out great. The clients were amazing. They even gave me an amazing testimonial. They sent me, they mailed me a letter showing their gratification for me and just telling how I captured some really beautiful moments for them and they're forever grateful for me. So I was like, You put that on your website? I wish. I should take a photo of it. But I was excited. I was like, This is. And he he gave me a phone call too to tell me how much he appreciated my work. That's amazing. So I was like, This is. That's beautiful. Those are the good moments, though. Those are the good moments. So, mm-hmm. like, that set me up for thinking, I'm like, weddings? I got it. I got it. Yeah. Shot my second wedding. I brought a second photographer now that, like, wanted to kind of get into that field, too. Yeah. Day went pretty well, too. And now it's just, like, I shot that wedding months ago, and I'm still dealing with the client because it didn't... It was tough. It is a tough, tough gig because you're not just, like, dealing with the pressure of capturing everything. You're also dealing with, like you're toying with people's memories. You're trying to capture someone's forever memories and that's a lot of pressure on itself. And if they don't like it, you can either do two things. You can say, well, sorry, this is what I got. I'm gonna leave it at that. Or if you really have some really good integrity inside of you, you can just fight it through and be like, okay, I will will attend to your needs. I will attend to what you want because I feel like that is the better thing to do for yourself. Not just... Mm-hmm. creatively but in a professional world too you kind of have to swallow your pride a little bit you got to bite the bullet and just do the work that they're asking for because it's you're proving your own self-worth you know and this is where yeah. you find your self-worth too i will charge a lot more money next time i do a wedding mm-hmm. but you know this is a learning curve that's still going and on. that that goes back to i'm going to share a story in a second mm-hmm. um i think i've told you before but that goes back to like doing free work and stuff that was my when i first was like okay i think freelancing like i think i can do it here is the formula of like how i'm gonna go forward is to sure start at 300 dollars, whatever but make that 300 dollars look like 600 dollars. and when you do the 600 dollars, make it look like a grand and when you make it look like a grand make it like look, look like two grand and that's mm-hmm. essentially what you're doing one wedding goes good it looks amazing now you can double your prices and like so on and so forth. But what I wanted to share was one of my last uh, weddings of this last summer. Um, I don't know what the frick was going on, but I brought food. I have a nut allergy, obviously, for those who don't know. Um, peanut and nut. And so I brought my own food to that wedding. Something was messed up in the food that I brought. So obviously, speeches, super crucial. That's my job, right? Go set up a camera. All you have to do is hit record, locked off on a tripod, just record the speeches. Your only job. I eat. There was something, I don't know if I just didn't catch like mold or I, I honestly couldn't tell you. But long story short, I got some uh, level of food poisoning. Fuck. <laughs> and I probably missed... I don't know, 60% of the this, this, this speeches because I was thrown up in the bathroom. Oh. And I was like throwing up in the bathroom and then I would run, like wipe myself off and then I would run into the into the hall, set up the, the tripod. I'm at the front of everybody, like just like white, freshly thrown up, 
little bit of throw up on my shoes and everyone's just like looking at me like setting up the camera while in the middle of a speech and then like after it's done i just like run back to the bathroom and then some dude's like too much drinking hey buddy and i'm like dude like no the, literally the farthest thing from it but long story short um obviously i ruined that package they didn't get what they paid for you only get fucking one shot of that thing they're not going to redo the speeches mm-hmm. um i had to leave early because i just i couldn't i couldn't finish the the night off and in turn obviously they're pissed and there's not a whole lot that you can do at that point because one it only happens once but like my my well-being is kind of at the forefront for me but what do you do mm-hmm. for the other person you know what i mean like they lost their speeches they're never going to be able to rehear those um and that relationship is ruined those things are really tough to handle in a professional environment oh yeah yeah, that sucks for you, man. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> that just sucks. That's a... You, you Dude, it was like a two-hour drive. A, straight out of a comedy. Right out of a movie, too. But basically, I guess, um, the moral of the story is to to get the work that I wanted to do, I was going to have to do a lot of shitty work to get paid to do the work that I eventually wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So I started off doing really shitty, not that I don't do it anymore, but like I started off doing really shitty, like talking head videos and try to just make it look the best that I could, you know, the yeah. same thing that you were explaining earlier of like, just even if it's just another beer photo, put your own twist on it because you're working to the point where now somebody is hiring me to do a conference video, like a kickoff conference video because they liked my graphics that I put in the last one. You know what I mean? Because right. that's the fun part for me is doing that little thing. I fucking hate conference videos. Like, that's not fun for me. You know what I mean? But it's just going back to, like, you got to kind of pick your direction and, and run with that. And don't expect to straight off the cuff be like, um, I'm a photographer and I shoot weddings for five grand because that's what is in the market. Yeah, that it will... That would actually ruin your your very <laughs> like you guys hear uh, my dog is currently drinking water. A little ASMR for everyone. Here's a nice little segment. Here we go. You think this is gonna give us a few more views? This is what's in now, right? Like, how long do you think we did ship just for fun? And I think that's also part of it. Like, don't. I'm excited right now because I'm entering a new chapter of like, yes, I'm working nine to five, but at the same time, I no longer, once I finish kind of transitioning out of freelancing, I will no longer be working weekends and stuff like that. And to me, locking out at five and having weekends is like the opening of like, holy crap, I can do my own thing again. And like, I can pick the projects and be excited to be like, what do I want to create? And I think obviously I lost that for a bit, but it was still on my forefront, like in my radar to, to, you got to cut time out for yourself to always, cause like editing beer photos and editing, you know, conference videos, talking heads and stuff. Then that's not going to progress you. What's going to progress you is like, maybe it's one of those projects, but it's getting yourself 
on set on a passion project that you may not get be getting paid for or maybe they're just feeding you you know what i mean mm-hmm. like that is essentially what i'm stoked now to do with my free time is just to put my time into projects that i really want to be doing opposed to you know like it's an extra thousand couple thousand bucks you know like that is meaning less to me now and more so it's just like yeah i would rather be really into what i'm creating rather than just doing it for the money mm-hmm. that's yeah that's very well put and it's I can't stress that any more than you already have when you need to cut away time, carve away time just for yourself, for your own projects, for your own endeavors, what things that you want to do. Right now, work as a freelancer, it gets to the point that you get so overwhelmed from not just your work, but just like outside forces in your life, just life in general, mm-hmm. that it weighs so heavily on you and on your to-do list and it gets to a point where you actually just feel crippled and can't do any of it. You almost feel overwhelmed and you feel stuck. Even though there is 10 things that you have to get done by the end of the week, you maybe feel like you can complete two of them because there's just this, um, this stifling power that just like lays over you. The only way to combat that though is by putting away time for yourself, checking in with yourself, even if that's just like 10 minutes of meditating, going for a walk, going to do something, you need to make sure that there is time for yourself, for you to just, to, just that small check-in for that resurgence of energy. Mm-hmm. And not just like the energy, not just like, uh, like your actual energy, but like your, the amount of energy you put into your work, your professional right, life. Mental. Could, yeah, it's everything. Man, mental health is extremely important, mm-hmm. especially when you're working for yourself because it's only you that holds yourself accountable. Yeah. That's it. You only have yourself. So if you are not mentally fit at the time, there's no way you can move forward with your work. And that's something I'm not going to hide away from. I struggle with that all the time, but the things that help me is getting in tune, getting in tune. You got to get in tune with yourself. I really listen to what you need. Like I'm not, I'm definitely no stranger yeah for sure and the best tip that you've given me in the past six months is that if something's not clicking leave it drop it Mm -hmm. walk away do something for you really quickly then come back with fresh eyes and yes that seems like a very simple approach but that will work wonders for you in in the Mm -hmm. long run because it's just it's a very useful tactic just to give yourself a breather it's really hard to make that decision that i think that's why it's it seems simple but it's really hard to make that decision when Cause like one, you don't really know when you're about to hit the wall, but right when you're about to hit the wall, that's when you drop it. Mm-hmm. Like right before that wave fucking crashes, you drop it right before you just, you walk away because when you come back, then you'll just surf right through it. Hell yeah. Keep going. That's exactly it. Yeah. Um, what's one thing that you're thankful for right now in your, in your life as we wrap up here? Ooh. Um, I'm going to combine it with two things. Ooh. Uh, Ooh. <laughs> yeah, like obviously this whole thing is a bit about creative work, but like honestly, I wouldn't have been able to stay as creative as I am without my girlfriend and my dog at home. It is so important to have a strong sense of belonging at home at a place, especially when your home is your office. If, oh. it's, if it's not, if the energy Preach, isn't positive and full of love and and you know like support in your home house when it's an office there's no way you can excel there's no way so i'm super thankful for having 
Teresa and my dog Sora there because even though they are huge distractions and I can't get all my work done because of them, mm-hmm. I am able to get my work done also because of them and the environment we've created. That's a good one. That's a good one. Um, something that I kind of want to start and we might as well start now is I want to ask every guest that comes on um, if they could recommend somebody or I don't know if that's the right word, but like, who are they into? Um, doesn't have to be on social media. I mean, that's the easiest route, but like, the city is so big. I only know so many people, but you know different people than I know. Mm-hmm. So, like, who, whose work do you think is cool? Who's doing cool things? Um, who do you think would be cool to sit in that chair and like share their story and share their advice and hardships that they've been through. Yeah. I actually, I just reconnected with the old homie uh, that I went to York with. We were both cinema media studies student that wanted to be in film production, but got rejected hey, several times over. Studies. Yeah. yeah cinema <laughs> studies, my God. Um, but yeah, that, they, that didn't discourage us at all. We just, it really just made us more hungry and wanted to create. And we actually ended up making our own film festival within our program a few years ago back. Yeah, uh, it was, that was epic that you guys did yeah, that. That was, yeah, it was, that was like one of the very few things that I enjoyed about my post-secondary experience. But I just reconnected with him recently. And he is right now working with a lot of clothing brands, creating promo material, uh, video work for them. But in a very different way, like he, he's really bringing back that retro 90s camcorder vibe um. uh, to the forefront of social media. And like, yes, it's been it's been done before and it's still happening. But, but he's, he's doing, doing it different. He's doing it in a very, um, very raw way where okay, you know what the Eisenstein kind of th- theory is of cutting where like if you cut from one thing, one shot to a completely different thing they are somehow linked together yeah 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 yeah. he's yeah he's really good at like stitching very obscure different shots together and it somehow contributing towards one benefiting story and yeah honestly his work is actually getting really dope his uh instagram is wizard pressure his name is david greco and uh yeah very solid dude very cool guy and uh it's funny. I think his his style of work is the future, even though it's in a medium that's uh, in the past. So it's kind of cool. Cool. Right? I'll pretty- definitely uh, I'll definitely check it out. Thanks, man. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me again. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, there really is a ton of value in doing the right kind of free work. So be on the lookout for projects that you might think uh, will stretch you, you know, and even more importantly, start doing the work now um, that you want to be getting paid for and do it for free. Uh, Just build your portfolio up. For me, one of the biggest takeaways from this episode talking with Nolan was being aware and figuring out the things that recharge you. It's pretty crucial to your entire career. Um, and you know, just like mental health generally. And even further than that is finding your peak creative times. Like when do you work the best? When are you the most productive? What routine works for you? Like, are you an early person? Are you late person? If you're not certain of those things, I would definitely encourage you to uh, make a little list and just 
jot little things down that you think um, recharge you and, you know, figure out what routine works best for you. And a little homework, uh, maybe check in with the people around you, your partner, your creative professional friends, your coworkers. What recharges them? When are they most productive? But yeah, see you in the next episode.